Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, good to see everybody. If you're here for the first time, my name is John, lead pastor here at Centerpoint. Glad to welcome you. And uh, before I get into the message, I just want to talk a little bit about Seek Week. So how many of you have ever come to Seek Night or Seek Week something at Centerpoint? A good, a good maybe I'm looking at about a third of us. It's for everybody. And here's what we're going to do. Usually we start our Seek Week on a Monday night, and then, um, and then Sunday is kind of a normal Sunday. But what we're going to do this year is we're going to start our Seek Week on Sunday. So next Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and 5 p.m., it's Seek Week. It's on. Like, we're not waiting until Monday night to start it. So here's what I mean by that. When we do Seek Week, what we're doing is we're, we're saying, Lord, what we want more than anything is a move of your spirit and your, your kingdom to, to be before us so that we can experience your kingdom. And, and we pray for healing. We allow prophetic words to flow. We seek the, the power of the Holy Spirit to move. And uh, so we're going to start that next Sunday. Part of what we do with Seek Nights usually is we start about half an hour early. Like before the thing starts, we start. And the we is whoever wants to. Just coming up front, bowing down, kneeling for a little bit, soaking in the presence of God, interceding, praying, maybe even crying out. And I, I'm asking that some of you would accept a challenge to do exactly that. Service starts at 11 next Sunday, but maybe you'll be one of the ones that would come at 10.50 and just come and just bow down before the presence of God for a few minutes and intercede and cry out and express your hunger. Who cares what the people behind you are thinking, like, what's, what's up with them kneeling down? They're seeking the Lord. So that, that's like a, a good beginning point for Seek Week. And come with an open heart for how God might want to move in a, in a miraculous way. That's what our Seek Week will be all about. And then Monday through Thursday night, we're, we're gathering in here from 6 to 8.30 p.m.-ish. And some people might call this kind of thing a revival. I don't want to be so presumptuous. I don't know. But maybe God will make it a revival. But we will make it, we will make it a Seek Week. And so I hope you will. I hope you'll be a part of that. All right, let's dive into Roadmap. So this is a new year, and uh, I'm excited to share with you something I'm just super proud about, which is that I've made it to church every Sunday this year so far. <laughs> and so have you. Look at that. Here we are. So uh, this Roadmap series is something that I hope will help set the course for the year. So uh, we're, we're diving in. I'll begin like this. So when I graduated high school, I was going to do a trip for a year. I wanted to travel for a year. It turned into about 15 months of traveling before I went to college. And uh, this was 1992. So to plan a trip, and I was going to be hitchhiking, greyhound, busing, all that kind of stuff for a long time. And I started with two months of travel through the states. I went through 37 of the states, hitchhiking and greyhound. It was awesome. But what I had to do first was I had to get myself a, a road map. Because it was 92. There was no cell phones in pockets. There was no GPS that you carried around. Nobody had even thought of such a thing, at least not normal people. And, and so you had to actually have a roadmap. And you had, to, you had to figure out the route for yourself. There was no algorithm that was going to figure it all out for you. So here's what I did. I unfolded that big old map of the USA. And I started looking at it and thinking, well, I want to go here. And I definitely want to go there. And I want to go here. And then you look in. You see, OK, what are the roads that are going to get me there? And you look at your roadmap, and it helps you come up with a plan for how you can go where you want to go. 
So the problem with those maps, though, is that like, if you ever tried to open one of those things up when you were driving, you were inviting the spirit of death. Like, do you remember? I mean, that thing would be open across the whole windshield you could even see, right? And, and, and then you needed a degree in engineering to try to fold that thing back up and figure out how to put it away. Is anyone with me? I mean, like, did anyone ever successfully refold a roadmap? I didn't. Anyway, and the third problem with the roadmaps is that your car would end up becoming full of these things, like every door pocket, the console, the glove box, all full of of map after map after map, right? And, and the thing is, they were needed. They were absolutely essential. And so you hold on to them, you'd make use of them. And this series, Roadmap, I want you to think of it as an opportunity to think about the journey that you're going to be on and to think about it with purpose and to think about the, the way that you're going to move in the direction that you want to actually enjoy being on. It's an adventure. Our spiritual life is an adventure. It really is. And your heavenly father wants it to be that way. It was never meant to be a formula. It's an adventure where you're traveling, you're on a journey with Jesus shepherding you and and you get to speak into it. And and here's what I know. When when I made that uh, plan for my travels, I started out with one big map of the USA. And then as I began to travel, when I would show up in another state or another region, I'd try to stop in some gas station, get another map of that local region so that you could kind of, you couldn't just zoom in on, <laughs> on a paper map, right? You'd actually have to have another map and, and get a close up of where you were trying to go. And in this series, what I want you to understand is that big picture, the roadmap God has for your life is in his Bible, in his holy word. But you get to a, a new area, a new season like we're in right now, and you need to get the local roadmap and, and look at that thing and begin to determine where you're going to go. And here's what I want to ask you to do. To, in, in a sense, open up a roadmap and decide that where you're going to go is into growing, that you are going to determine to be a person who will grow, that you're going to determine I'm not staying stuck in the land of, of, of status quo. I'm not staying stuck in the land of stagnation. I mean, does stagnation and stuckness and status quo sound appealing to anybody? Sounds like a putrid swamp to me. And what I think is that my heavenly father speaks about a a river of living water flowing from within. I, I believe my heavenly father speaks from all eternity and says, hey, behold, I make all things new. So I want to go in that direction. I want that to be on my roadmap. Where are you taking me, Jesus? What's next, Father? So so you get to take a look at your life, and you start out with the determination to grow. And I believe God wants it this way. Second, Peter uh, 3.18, this is the scripture I I want to begin with. It just simply says this. It says, I want you to read it out loud with me. Ready? Go. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So, so this verse ends with saying, to him be glory, now and forever. But that is part of a verse that started by saying, but grow. There's a correlation. Hey, believer, do you want God to receive glory? Do, do you agree with that statement, to him be glory, now and forever? Not a trick question, do you? Yeah. And I want you to catch this. There is absolutely a correlation between God receiving that glory and you being somebody who is growing. And so I want you to have on your roadmap, that's who I am. I am 
determined to grow. I'm not settling for stuck. I'm not staying in status quo. I'm not squandering my life in that place. Let's grow. Come on, let's grow. Say it with me. Let's grow. Let's grow. Let's grow. It's like this. If you would determine, and we're going to turn to Colossians chapter 3 in just a couple of minutes. I want you to open it now, though. If you are determined to grow, it's essential that you, you think about how. It's kind of like if you were, in old school sense, going to plan a road trip, and you're trying to get from California to New York, you would open up that road map, and you would determine, all right, I'm going to head up the 15, hit the 80, and then the 80 is going to carry me all the way across the country. Anybody ever do that trip? Oh, just four of us? Really? Come on. We got to get some adventure going. But that, that determination spiritually to be somebody who would grow, grow in God, Grow in his grace, grow in his power, grow in his love. That's like catching the 80. It's going to take you all the way across. And I hope that you would be willing to say, yes, God. And so if you're determined to grow, you need to have some understanding of how the growing happens. And as we turn to Colossians chapter 3, I believe God here reveals indications of how the growing can happen. And this isn't the only place in the Bible that describes a process for growing, but it's the one I feel led for us to start in today and this year. And so we're going uh, over to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. This is God's word. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, I want you to just read that first part with me. Ready? Say it. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. I, I want to keep that on the screen for a minute, and I just want that to be in your minds. This is a, a starting point that from God's perspective, that's what's true about you. That's what's true about you. I want you to put your own hand on your heart if you're a believer and say, that's true about me. <laughs> yeah. It says, so since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of Heaven, that is, bust out your roadmap and look a little further than you think you were going to go. Look at the, the greatest destination. Look at the most optimal destination. Look at the place that you would dream of getting to. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life. Say this out loud with me. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Yeah. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. You have this supernatural thing about you that's true. And that is this, that Christ lives in you and Christ is your life. Did you hear that in the scripture? Christ is your life. Why don't you say it? Christ is my life. Christ is my life. He's the power within me, moving me, lifting me, raising me. He, he is the joy and the treasure that fills me and satisfies me. He is the, the food that actually gives me satisfaction. It's the bread of heaven, Jesus himself. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. And you and I, we need to keep this in mind and live like it. A couple weeks ago, no, yeah, a week ago, I took my family up to Utah after Christmas for a quick little trip to Brian Head to do some snowboarding. And uh, we, we were driving up there, and you get to that point where you leave Las Vegas, and you go through uh, 
St. George, and, and then you're kind of like in the middle of nowhere for about an hour or so, and there's nothing, nothing at all, and no stops, no towns, and um, I was looking at the, speaking of a roadmap, I was looking at the, the digital roadmap, and it told me that there was like, uh, like 90 miles to go till Cedar City, and the gas range indicator was telling me that I had 100 miles worth of gas. Hey, we got this. We're cutting a little close, but hey, the computer map tells me that I got this, 100 miles. But the thing is, it was making its calculations based on somebody driving 65 miles an hour. Dude, those, those roads open up there are made for like 90, 95. I'm sorry, all the highway, highway patrol people, but they just are. And, and so all I know is I get to like 10 miles away from Cedar City and the car starts beeping and the screen starts flashing, talking about low fuel indicator, talking about uh, reserve fuel only. And, and I'm literally like holding my breath and not pushing it an inch above 65 miles an hour, thanking God that most of it was downhill those last five miles and I made it, just barely made it, right? Yeah, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that spiritually, God's intention for us is not at all to live like that, like barely making it, running on empty. Because here's the thing. If, if Christ is in me and if Christ is my life, I live in fullness, not emptiness. My tank is full. That is what God's design is for me. And there is a delusional effect of demonic affliction that causes us to feel, no, 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 I'm empty, I'm stuck, I'm not going to make it, I don't have what it takes, I'm inadequate, I'm inferior. That's bogus from the devil. And, and what is real is what we read in scripture, which is that Christ is my life. Come on, say it, Christ is my life. You know what else the scripture spoke about here? Is it spoke about this. It said, your real life. Did you catch that phrase? It said, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life. This time of year, a lot of us make a big deal out of Things like, hey, I'm going to you know, lose this many pounds, I'm going to run this many miles, I'm going to make this many dollars, I'm going to write this many things, I'm going to create this. And, and all of that has its place, but that is exterior and secondary. What the Bible here reveals is that you have a real life that is in a deeper place. And it says your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And so I'm asking you, have you, okay, have you made some resolutions and set some big goals out there for those secondary things? Good on you if you did. But the more important question is, have you determined that you would cultivate that inner life where your real life is hidden with Christ in God? It's hidden. It's hidden. It's not obvious to everybody. Everybody doesn't see it, but God says, yeah, but it's, that's your real life. You want peace in the relationships? You want success in the business? You, you want protection from attack? You, you want stability? You want prosperity and forward movement? All of those things are secondary, and where they flow from is from an inner life, your real life, which is hidden with Christ in God. I, I want you to determine, I'm growing in secret. So many of the goals that we set this time of year, they're very public. 
They're very obvious. They're very measurable by everybody else and ourselves. But I think God is saying, would you come to a place where, where you would value even more than that a, a secret growing? It's like as though God is saying, let the growing start from within. I mean, we read that in the scripture, right? It said, set your sights on the things of heaven. It said, think about the realities of heaven and not the things of earth. What God is, I believe, speaking to is, is the reality that if we're going to grow, it starts in our heart and mind, what we're meditating on, what we're imagining, what we are ruminating about, what, we are, what we're thinking about in the deepest place. And it's time for some of us to come back to living from that hiddenness. Your real life is hidden. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So how do you cultivate? How do you work on a, a hidden life? Well, you do it in secret. And the, the word of God has an open secret for you and me about it where it says in Psalm 91, verse 1, he who dwells, come on, say this whole verse with me. Ready, go. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. He who dwells in the, in the secret place, he who dwells, he who makes time to spend in the presence in the secret place, that's how your hidden life, your real life, which is hidden with Christ and God, grows. He, she and he who dwells in the secret place. So my question for you is, as you come into this new season and you've determined, yes, I'm going to grow, have you determined I'm going to do that by being in the secret place? Because if you've ever met somebody who seems to have some goodness from God and revelation and power, kingdom power flowing through them, it, it is the result of them being somebody who just simply spends time in the secret place. It isn't a secret. <laughs> and so I'm asking for somebody to decide this is the year. And for, for somebody, you've, you've been seven days strong. Good. Remember how good it feels to be doing what you're doing right now, spending daily time in that secret place. For others of you, you don't know what I'm talking about right now. You're like, what is, it? what is this secret place? What do you mean? Here's what I mean. I mean, you carve out some time and you say, God, this is time for you and me. And I'm not giving you a formula for what you have to do with that time. I'm just saying there's got to be some time that you set aside where you say, God, this is you and me, your word, your spirit, your presence I'm receiving from you. And, and in that secret place encounter, you get spiritual strength and you grow. Let the growing begin from within. Tell somebody sitting next to you, let the growing begin from within. Say it out loud to somebody. I want you to embrace, embrace the truth of what we've read in the scripture, that, that, that Christ lives in you. And here's a declaration I want to invite you to make. Christ lives in me, so I'm growing in victory. Simple and straightforward, that's kind of the summation of this message today. Christ lives in me, so I'm growing in victory. Christ lives in me. It's a, a supernaturally powerful reality that you and I get to live into. And I want to keep reading Colossians 3, uh, verses 5 
tonight. It said, so put to death, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature with all its wicked deeds. Ah, okay, we got to just acknowledge something here. So in the first part of Colossians 3, we read where it said, you have been raised. You remember that? Come on, somebody say, I have been raised. Yeah. And it's true. You can say it. I have been raised. Say it again. I, I have been raised. I have been raised. I've been raised from uh, depression. I've been raised from emptiness. I've been raised from bondage to sin. I've been raised from shame's shackles. I've been raised from hopelessness. I've been raised from anxiety. I've been raised from whatever affliction and oppression that the demonic world would throw at me. I've been raised. Say it. I've been raised. I mean, that's the truth, isn't it? It's the truth. I have been raised. And at the same time, just five verses later, it says, put to death whatever is lurking within you. Somebody just agree with me that there's a little bit of like, wait a minute, what, 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 what is this here? Is it I have been raised or is it I got sinful earthly things lurking within me? It's both. And here's why. Because God's word so often describes you in what I would call the prophetic perfect tense where God is looking at you from his eternally perfect perspective, full of the prophetic energy that he's willing to supply to you in any moment. And from his prophetically perfect perspective, he says, yep, you have been raised. It's done. It is finished. And at the same time, here's you and me in the middle of our moments. And it is a prophetic perfect tense. When something's in the prophetic perfect tense, that means that it is possible by the power of God for it to be fulfilled in the here and now, but it is not necessarily automatic. Yeah. It requires some human engagement and participation. Right. And so the Bible here says, yep, and so put to death whatever sinful earthly things are lurking within you. Yeah. Isn't it weird to talk about lurking? Like, that makes me think of those mice that are lurking around in my garage. <laughs> what am I going to do to them? I'm going to put them to death. <laughs> Sorry, I hurt somebody's heart. <laughs> I apologize. But you, you and I need to recognize that sin is something that God wants us to deal with. And his prescription for dealing with it is not, oh, just tolerate it, it's okay. No, it's, just, it's not, it's, a, it's just a little bit, it's okay. Just kind of, a little bit won't hurt anybody and you know, keep it, keep it secret and that's fine. No, God's prescription is you see sin, you slay it. In, let me take it a step further. It's like God is saying about sin, slay it, don't play with it. 
Yeah, turn to your neighbor right now. Tell him that. Tell him, slay it. Don't play with it. Slay it. Don't play with it. You got to slay that sin. <laughs> yeah, I heard Pastor Aaron say, yo, slayer. <laughs> that's, that's a nickname for everybody after today. Slayer. Colossians 3.5, one more time. It said, so put to death. So put to death, it said. Colossians 3, 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. And then it names a bunch of them. It had nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. And it goes on to talk about greed, anger, rage, maliciousness, slander, dirty language. And God is in his word saying, these things are destroyers. Don't make a place for them. Don't allow them. Here's an analogy. So a couple years ago, one of my sons went off to school in Santa Barbara, so we sent him with one of our cars, a 2014, and uh, when, when he left, you know, I opened up the hood before he was going to go away, miles away, and opened up the hood, looking at it like I have any clue about anything other than the oil thing, but I did at least show him that. Check the oil, check the oil, whatever else, I don't know. But I did notice at that time that the battery had a little bit of white, like, dust on, on the top of it. But, hey, whatever. The car's working and starting, no problem. So go, off you go. And uh, a year later, he was home again, and I did the same thing, opened that hood, doing a fatherly thing. I have no clue, but, you know, I'm doing it anyway. Like, oil, okay. And, and notice that the battery has a lot more of that white dust all over the top of it. But, hey, it's still turning and starting good, so off you go. About uh, a month and a half, two months ago now, uh, you know, he, he was calling me talking about problems with the battery and he came home and th this thing is, he has to use a, a charger to start it every time. And I'm looking at the battery going, ah, still, we should, probably should have done this a year ago. Let's change that battery. And uh, I, I got some tools out to just, you know, I've done that before. And I, I, I reached down with the wrench. And as soon as I touched that thing with the wrench, the whole thing just falls apart. Like the corrosion all over the bolts and nuts on the top of the battery terminal was so pervasive. It was through everything, even into this little special fuse box that was part of it. It all just literally felt and crumbled to dust right in my hands. And, and then all of a sudden, what should have just been an easy 20-minute change the battery thing turned into an all-day go-around to all these different uh, places to find the missing parts and the things that we needed that they didn't have and they didn't have and, and $200 extra later and all this work finally. But I just, I just want you to catch the analogy. What I did was I just sort of winked at a little bit of corrosion couple years ago, ah, it's, just a, it's just a little bit of corrosion. Well, we'll be fine. It's okay. It's okay. I can handle a little bit of corrosion. And then a year later, it's even more obvious, but I'm still talking about, it's no big deal. It's just a little bit of white dust all over the top of the battery. That's all that is, a little bit of white powder. By the way, that is a... Anyway, you, 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 you need to know that it had a corrosive effect. And the corrosion was so bad that it just ate up all of the necessary parts. Sin is like that. It's a destroyer, and it has a corrosive effect. And sin is similar in the sense that at first you can look at it and go, eh, it's no big deal, it's just a little, but it has a way of getting worse and growing and doing way more damage the longer you let it go. And do you notice, like the scripture said, put to death, and it names all these things, and it even included dirty language. Some of us are going, ah, oh, come on, what's wrong with that? It's just like a little bit, of, little bit of dust on the top of the battery, that's all. 
but it has a corrosive effect. And, and so even that, God's saying, come, come to a different way of living. Put growing on your roadmap and determine that part of your growing is that you will let the growing start from within, but that you will also slay that sin. Say it, slay that sin. I'm not messing around with it. I'm not playing with it. I'm not giving more place to it. I'm not turning a blind eye to it. I'm going to deal with it because you deal with it or it will deal with you and it doesn't deal nicely. Here's something else I think that you need to recognize about this. this there, are, there are some believers that would say, no, 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 I, I don't have any problem with sin because I have a new heart. I've been regenerated. The old is gone, the new has come. That's what the Bible says. And, you, and start playing mind games. But the Bible doesn't play. The Bible does speak from a prophetic perfect tense. And from God's perspective, yes, the old is gone, the new has come. But from your real-time experience, there is a challenge at every turn to wrestle that sin to the ground and punch its life out. Like to actually deal it a death blow when you notice it. And to do what you can to rise up into the freedom that he has made possible for you. I'm growing in victory. Christ lives in me. I'm growing in victory. You can say that with me. Christ lives in me. I'm growing in victory. I'm determined to. And I'm putting the ING on there with a real strong emphasis. I'm growing in victory. Somebody say, I'm growing. growing. As in, I know I have a long way to go. You don't need to elbow me right now. I know I have some things that are still a mess, but I'm growing in victory. Victory over sin. Victory over my very identity. Victory over my very identity. I keep reading Colossians 3, 10 to 11. It said, put on your, your new nature. Be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. He lives in all of us. Christ lives in all of us. There's not a single believer you could ever meet that this isn't true about. No matter how far along or how far back they may seem to be, Jesus, by his spirit, lives in all of us. And that principle changes everything. That reality changes everything. If Christ lives in all of us, how can we not move into resurrection victory? So I'm praying that you and I would determine to line up with what God's word reveals and say yes to the goodness that he has for us. Let me, let me read verse 10 one more time. It said, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator. Once you, once you say that with me, actually, that whole verse, ready? Go. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Are you learning? Are you learning to know your creator and become like him? Because your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And it is through learning to know your creator and become like him that real growing happens. 
So for somebody today, here's what I want to speak to. You're a believer, and, and you, you, you didn't just get off the road a little bit. You full-on lost the road map altogether. And I'm telling you today, you can come back onto the road that God had you on and wanted you to be on. You're not too far gone. His mercy is a lot more powerful than your mess up. And, but, but yet, it, it is time for you to determine, I'm getting back on that road. I, I, I have a vision in my mind of the roadmap God gave me, and I'm coming back onto the road for the adventure that he has for me. For somebody, this is what it means. There's some stuff that, that you veered so far off the roadmap to get involved and to start doing and getting and getting, a bunch of stuff over here wasn't ever on God's roadmap for you, and you settled over there. In order for you to come back onto the road, which was part of the roadmap he had for you, you're going to have to leave some stuff. I mean this. You're going to have to leave some stuff. You have to walk away from it. It had been fulfilling for you. It had been giving you some kind of a sense of significance, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to corrode you in the end. Walk away from it now. Like This is the wake-up call. This is the alarm ringing. Walk away from that. Back onto the road God has for you. I shared with you at the beginning that I did this, uh, this year and a half, almost year and a half of traveling, and part of it was hitchhiking and greyhound busing all throughout the United States. And the crazy thing about hitchhiking like that week after week after week is you just never knew, am I going to get to where I actually wanted to go, or is somebody going to say, well, this is where I'm heading and end up over there instead? And that happened a good number of times. I wanted to go here to Atlanta. But these people were going over here to somewhere in the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Ended up in the Smoky Mountains. But, but it doesn't have to be that way for you. You can, you can determine now I'm staying on the road that my God has indicated for me. And watch the growing and what it leads to. Put on your new nature. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Someone, you're here today and you just need to hear this loud and clear that there's an invitation from the heart of God for you to learn to know your creator and become like him. It's not just for those church people. It's for every one of us. An invitation to learn, to know your creator, and become like him. It starts with a simple turning to Jesus. For someone who's here today, this is what you, you get to do today. You get to turn to Jesus. Jesus has opened the way for you and declared about himself, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But he says, and welcome, anyone who believes in me will not perish, but will have everlasting life. It's his promise. So for somebody, you're here today, and, it, and it's because Jesus has been beckoning you and drawing you back on or into the roadmap that he's always wanted for you, which is one in which you walk with him and you learn to know him, your creator, and become like him. I want you to pray with me today, and let's pray that God would awaken our hearts to, to a determination that we will grow, that we won't stay stuck and stagnate, but we will step into the goodness of God's power and love in our lives. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we get to grow. Thank you, Lord, that the essence of growing is what we just read in Colossians 3.10. 
We get to put on the new self and be renewed in our mind as we learn to know you, our creator, and become like you. So Father, I pray that you would bring a, a release from heaven of an activation to actually live into that for every single one of us. And all together as a group of believers, those of us who are believers, we bless 2024. In Jesus' name, we bless the year. We bless the year. And if, it, if there's a road trip ahead, yeah, we've got our map and there might be some weather, there might be some collisions, there might be some, uh, some speed traps, but Lord, we bless the year. We bless it right now from the beginning of it. We bless the year. We declare 2024 to be blessed and that we will walk with you. And that in this year, we will put on the new self and we will be renewed in our mind as we learn to know you, our creator, and become like you. Yeah, thank you, Lord. While we're praying together, uh, for somebody, this is the day of salvation for you. Like, the truth is, you're just trying to put all the pieces together and figure things out. And what I want you to hear loud and clear is that your heavenly Father, God Almighty, loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be the perfect sacrifice for sin, your sin. And he took it and he paid for all of it so that you could one day receive forgiveness and salvation. And so for somebody, you're here today and what you need to do is turn to Jesus and ask him to forgive your sin and save your life. This Christian life is available to you. It's not forced on you, but it's available. And it's like Jesus right now is saying, come follow me. Like he wants to be the Lord of the dance with you, the Lord of the adventure with you. Would you say yes to him? While we're praying together, if you're sitting here saying, I need to do that. I want to turn away from my sin and turn to Jesus. I really do. I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save me. If you want to start a life with Jesus, right now I want you to raise your hand really high. Like, keep it up for a moment. If you're for real saying, I want to ask Jesus to forgive me and save me. Right here. This is excellent. Who else? I don't want to miss you. Way up in the back. It's excellent. Over here on my left. Thank you. Anyone else? I just don't want to miss you. This is a holy moment for some of us. Way over here on my right. Thank you. Our, our ministry team's uh, going to try to connect with you right now to give you a Bible and just help you get connected for this journey. But those of you with a hand raised just now, would you pray with me for a moment? Just talk to God for a moment with me. You say something like this. Start first rung of the ladder. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Could you say it with me? Jesus Christ, I believe in you. And Jesus, I turn from sin and I turn to you and ask you to save me. Forgive me and save me. Come and be the Lord of my life. And just tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. Just say it to him, Jesus, I give you my life. The devil's been messing with me long enough. And Jesus, I give you my life. And I believe that as you are my Lord, you are my protector, my shield, and my defender from the demonic assaults. And thank you that I get to be hidden with you. Just say it to him, Jesus Christ, I believe in you, and I believe you conquered death. So I believe you can come into my life and make me new. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior, and from this moment on, I'm yours. Thank you for this gift of new life. I receive it right now. Thank you, Lord. 
every voice together, would just say, thank you, Lord. You stand up together, and as you're standing up and you're taking a deep breath, I want you to just think about the goodness of God. Think about how good he's been to you. Think about the roadmap for your life that he's carried you through so far. Think about how he's held on to you. Think about how he's given you strength for the journey. Has he been good to you? Would you just say to him, God, I praise you. Just say it to him, God, I praise you. Say it again, God, I praise you.